recording this, this will be actually pretty relevant for my story. It is November 4th. November 4th. 2021. Today they announced that finally the Spider-Man DLC is coming to <laughs> Avengers. The PlayStation, Over a year? The PlayStation exclusive Spider-Man DLC, I think Fanbyte wrote an article and it was like 400 something days since it was announced it's coming out. <laughs> It, well, was he supposed to be in there for launch or just shortly after launch? Shortly after launch. Okay. And I get the realities of game development and all that. And Man, I wonder what took so long. Sean, <laughs> Sean mentioned when we were talking about it a little bit before pressing record, like, this is not Crystal Dynamics' fault. This is, no. I blame Avengers entirely on Square. Yes. Mm-hmm. And their stupid business practices. But it was funny because Avengers... People like to pick fun and make jokes about Avengers and how few people play it, but it recently actually got a little bit of a bump. Well, it came to Game Pass. Right. Yep. You know what's not coming to Game Pass? Uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Those dumb fucking idiots. So wait, the does Sony... One step forward, three steps back every time. <laughs> does Sony own the video game rights to that character? There's a lot of paperwork involved, I'm, sh- I'm sure. <laughs> they don't I, own I know they, shit. Well, they... They have a contract, I'm sure. Well, uh, right, right, yeah. But, yeah. I, think, but they, I think they do distribute the uh, Spider-Man movies. But, and the game. Well, yeah. They, 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 But then they collaborated with Disney, which is why he's in the MCU now. But has he been in anything on any other platform? Yeah. In the last couple? Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Switch exclusive. Yeah. He's on iPhone games all the fucking time. Now those don't count. Well, <laughs> still a different company. <laughs> what was that Marvel thing that got uh, canceled after like less than a year? Do you know what I'm talking about? Wasn't it a gotcha type of dude? Go on your <laughs> are there I- multiple of these. Go on your iPhone right now and look up Marvel. No, there are. <laughs> I shit you not. Thousands. I don't think I could count the amount of Marvel gotcha games on the iPhone. On the iOS app store and Android app store, on my fingies and toes. I think there's more than 20. So that's hot right now. Yeah. 10, like over a decade worth of movies. I don't know that mm-hmm. the, the latest film is the first to not to be certified fresh. Listen, everybody tomatoes. drops the ball once in a while. You know? <laughs> it just took them 20. That's what, happens, two, three, when, that's what happens when you hire the chick that did Nomad Land. It's true. Turns out the person who's really good at making boring movies made a boring movie. <laughs> How much Amazon propaganda do you think is in Eternals? I would say it's probably the same amount that's in Nomadland. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a video. Okay, this is a tangent, and then we can get in the episode. episode. <laughs> I was watching a video on Elon Musk. and Like you do. And how he like is essentially like trying to be real-life Iron Man. And then that video, <laughs> in his but he's like bad at it. And yeah. then that video reminded me that Elon Musk is in Iron Man 2. I completely yes! forgot. Oh, my God. Um, he's at, like, a party or something. Yeah, and he's like, hey, Tony Stark, I came up with an idea for, like, a plane that's electric. And Tony's <laughs> like, ha And then, like, <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh, I hate our world. I don't, I don't Real Tony Stark can't have hair plugs or, like, hair <laughs> replacement <laughs> treatment or whatever. He's got to be like, that's got to be the real deal. No yeah. surgery involved. I mean, wait, he's powered by a ro- like a core. He's kind of part robot. Elon's on that track. What do you think powers him? Elon? Yeah. Oh, God. I, 
I can't even think of anything funny. <laughs> I, everything that's racing through my head is like Dune Hellscape and like he wants uh, to be the bad Animate or titties and memes and <laughs> his manipulating ego? the markets. Yeah, his <laughs> ego. I feel like above yes. all else, his ego, how big it can get. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to Microtransactions number five, uh, the series where we all go around and bring a little something, something to the table. Smaller stories in the world of video games that may not exactly warrant their own full episode, but are still always interesting and deserve to be discussed nonetheless. This is Hot Button. I'm Randall Beatrice, here with Austin Blakesley. Hello. And Sean Chambers. Hey. We got a wide range of topics today. The only thing left uh, is to figure out now who wants to go first. Oh, yeah. I often prefer being the middle spoon in these, so I say it's up to you. I guys. was always last, but since this is your first time ever reading, I'll go first. How about that? Cool. Okay. All right. <laughs> Japanese car manufacturer Toyota recently I've heard, I've heard of them. Recently overtook Volkswagen again to become the best-selling car maker in the entire world. Wow. By making a ton of very popular cars including the best-selling car in history, the Toyota Corolla. What is Trying to think of what the Corolla looks like. It looks like every other car. Oh. And so it an, is, an electric it's, shaver. It looks like a Honda Accord. It's a basic boring. family sedan. In addition to comfortable but boring sedans, hey. like the Toyota Corolla and the Toyota Camry, Toyota is also well known for SUVs, including the Highlander and the RAV4. The Highlander being one of the top five best-selling SUVs and the RAV4 being the best-selling SUV. They also make the Toyota Tacoma, which is one of the best-selling trucks. Uh, they made the infamous Baja truck that was in that N64 game. <laughs> I hope uh, it comes fully equipped with Baja Blast. <laughs> Otherwise, I ain't buying. The Land Cruiser, another SUV, and the Hilux, which is one of the best-selling trucks internationally despite being banned in the U.S. Wait, is that the one that Osama Bin Laden's driver? I think so. Yeah, or is that yeah. the Suzuki... Oh, no, that's Suzuki. That's like okay. a Jeep. Yeah, yeah. No, this is like a pickup. How do you get a car banned in the Yeah, US? what did it, what did it do? Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, not only that, but they also made the only car to get its own Xbox 360 game, the Toyota Yaris. Yeah, the, Yar the Yaris game is backwards compatible, by the way. Yep. It's delisted, but yep. if you have it, you can run that on a Series X. And, of course, who could forget the best-selling hybrid, the Toyota Prius. Yeah. In addition to their economy cars toyota is also well known for making race cars they are one of three manufacturers and the only non-american manufacturer allowed to make nascar cars uh -huh. uh, along with chevy and ford of yeah. course as well as a bunch of gt racing cars in addition to this they also made a bunch of very famous tuner cars including the toyota supra which our fans may know as Super. the 10 second car that Brian beat Dom with at the end of Fast and Furious uh, 1. Infamous. <laughs> yep. Supra Which the nuts. Supra came from the Celica, which is an older version of the Supra. In addition, they are also credited with inventing the sport of drifting by providing <laughs> us with that boxy white beauty that will instantly pop into your head when I say the name Initial D. Yeah. The AE86 Sprinter, which was also cool. the car of choice of Keiichi. I can't pronounce this. Suchia, I think. Close enough. Also yeah. known as the Drift King. <laughs> now I know what you're all thinking. There's a video game podcast. Is this dude just going to sit here and list off Toyotas all day? <laughs> um, well, no. I could go on for hours and hours about how important Toyota is to the world of cars. And honestly, I don't even know that much about cars. <laughs> but they're just that important. If you do want to hear more about the actual cars, 
I highly recommend checking out the YouTube channel that inspired me to pick this for my microtransactions, Donut Media. They have a series called Up to Speed, and it's like 20-minute videos on individual car models, so you can watch. This was really just my long, long roundabout way of saying Toyota is the big time. And I mean, Fast and Furious is credited for forever changing car culture from the muscle cars of the 70s to the Japanese cars and tuner cars of the 90s and early 2000s. And all of that can be credited to a single climactic scene in the first movie with a 1994 Toyota Supra Mark IV beat a 1970s Dodge Charger. I feel like we could all just go around and just constantly crack jokes. <laughs> but that is a good that is a good point. Something I never thought about is like get you know, getting those cars cars on the big screen and like just kind of seeing I mean it, th- there's a history of that with um I mean this is the most random comment ever but when, when Twister released yes and the it, the uh the the pickup that was featured in the movie like sales for that exploded also cuz it was almost well, portrayed as being like indestructible we, ta- we talked about this before Top Gun shifted yeah. the entire motorcycle market really yeah. because Tom Cruise drove a ninja a Kawasaki Ninja. See, I'm not. I'm just not and so that, influenced. That was by when. <laughs> that was when the Harley lost its market share to the really? so-called crotch rockets <laughs> of the world. It, the Italian job was the return of the minis. That was, well, yeah, was essentially. So I mean, it was also a remake of, an, of a movie with older min, minis, but yeah, it, it was like it was essentially a two-hour-long commercial. It was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, I liked it. But you guys are kind of leading into my point, which is that. It stands to reason that if you are making a series of racing car games, whether it be NASCAR, street racing, drifting, drag racing, economy racing, supercar racing, hypercar racing, anything short of Mario Kart, you're going to need to deal with one (laughs) thorn in your side, the licensing of intellectual property. Yeah. And with that the way. And with that, let's flash back to the long, long, long ago year of 2017. Wait, that wasn't that long ago. (laughs) You see, we have a whole slew of racing games releasing, like we do every year, but this year a little bit different. Because this doesn't happen very often, but we have a Gran Turismo game and a Forza game getting set to duke it out by releasing within the same week. Wow. wow. I mean, you're right. And then that, that doesn't happen often because... Yeah. Uh, Gran Turismo's not yearly. No. Yeah. And <laughs> I was going to say, they can't, they can't fucking get those things out. No. Forza, it's pretty dependable. You're not going to... At least inc- once a year. ...include what probably released this year, but I'm not sure. The crew. So the, this joke might not actually go anywhere. The NASCAR game that probably came out this year. Yeah. They do a NASCAR it feels game like, every... Yeah, I feel like I always see NASCAR something games about one. will come up. Hey, oh, okay. So, okay. What about dirt? In addition to Forza Motorsport 7 and Gran Turismo Sport, which uh, you are the mean two n- games now delisted about. Forza Motorsport yeah. 7. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> Pulled from store. Removed um, from store pro- due to we, licensing. We also see. have the likes of Project Cars 2 and Need oh. for Speed Payback also coming out <laughs> Need around for speed. the same time. Was, was Payback the one with the FMV? No, that's Need for Speed the reboot. Oh. That was 2015. Fuck. Which one was Payback? I feel like me and you try that. Like Payback was the one that they marketed as like a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, it was like, they were like jumping on the back of trucks and shit. Pretty sure that one was also bad. They're all bad. I know, but they look fun. They do. Like in the previews, like we fall for it every time. 
There hasn't been a good need for speed since the Hot Pursuit uh, reboot that Criterion made. You know what our problem is? We just want too much from developers. Okay? <laughs> just for a continuation on a franchise that was pretty good. I will say, <laughs> because of Game Pass, I went back and downloaded Need for Speed Heat, which was the last one. Oh, the neon one. It's better. Okay. It's better than Payback and the reboot. Um, I think that's, yeah, it's, those were the two that made me be like, I'm done. But... October of 2017, within the first two weeks, I don't have exact dates written down, but it's like October 9th and October 12th or something like that. We have Forza Motorsport 7 and Grand Turismo Sport coming out. Now, just like music games, mm-hmm. where they slowly reveal your your track list and what you got to license, we have the same thing I'm with following. car manufacturers, right? Okay. Leading up to the release of both of these games, we have the Forza team and the Grand Turismo team, mm-hmm. uh, Turn 10 and Polyphony Digital, respectfully doling out cars and of course it's like this thing of like it's like your fighter roster who can get the most cars right (laughs) and to use the fighter analogy forza motorsport is the smash brothers of cars (laughs) (laughs) we have the fucking regalia from final fantasy 15 and forza horizon 3 i think (laughs) isn't the warthog in there the warthogs in horizon 4 okay yeah as well as an entire pack of james bond cars with missiles on them yeah um they're doing it right yeah, but we have Forza Motorsport 7 with a whopping, and this is a bit of a skewed number, but 700 cars. Jeez. And this is like, How we're, can you we're counting, we're counting, like, we're counting like a Honda Civic and a Honda Civic Type R as separate cars. In addition, we're counting like a 1998 Honda Civic and a 2006 sure. Honda Civic as separate cars. You were so telling me because they have all the economy yeah, stuff in there. It's really not 700 Models, Those are the but it's Echo fighters, if you will. Yes, <laughs> thank you. I I, I feel like a car guy would like strangle you where you sit and be like, "They are different. Oh, they cars. are different." But again, yeah, they're like Echo fighters. <laughs> they're tuned just a little bit differently. Yeah. Um. But yeah, seven hundred cars to Gran Turismo Sports, one hundred and sixty-two. So Forza winning that race by yeah, a country but, mile. Yeah. Um. But unfortunately, despite this over 500 car gap in roster lineups in August of 2017 week three of their reveals leading up to their October release date Forza Motorsport 7 put out a blog post and this was JDM week mm. or Japanese domestic manufacturing week basically here's all Marked our, to my calendar here's year. all our <laughs> Japanese like consumer cars that you can drive gotcha. and they're all there right wrong we have Mazda, we got Hyundai, we got Subaru, we got Honda, DeLorean, we got a- Acura, but we're missing a we're missing one very important company, Toyota. Toyota. Mm. I wanted to say it with you. Yeah. <laughs> Can we do it again? Yeah. <laughs> All right, take it again. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. DeLorean. Toyota. Okay. Fucked it up. <laughs> um, Be it. And the blog post, the team at Turn 10 knew what they were getting into here. This wasn't like a oopsie-daisy, we forgot to put Toyotas in our car game. (laughs) Uh, The blog post was accompanied by the following quote. We've been outbid. Because we (laughs) focused on Japanese cars this week, many of you have noticed that Toyota is not included on this list. As you know, Forza Motorsport 7 will feature more than 700 cars at launch, and our team is constantly working to license the vehicles that fans want to play. Unfortunately, it is always possible to line the interests of our fans and the interests of our manufacturing partners. As a result... Production Toyota vehicles are not represented in Forza 7. We are as disappointed as you are about this news. And while we hope to bring Toyota production vehicles back to Forza in the future, it is worth noting that a small number of Toyota race cars will be included in the game 
Look forward to that list in a future edition of our Forza Garage, which is the name of the blog. Wait, why Why were there race cars? We'll get there. Per minute, all right. <laughs> Plus, you guys don't know, you don't want to race in Toyota cars anyways. That's our excuse. <laughs> I think. I mean, they no, got that, Ferraris that, and Lamborghinis, like McLarens. Yeah, that wants a stinking Toyota. Good, good on them. They didn't make an excuse. They were like, "Look, yeah. we're fucking bummed." Okay, okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that is good. Which you know is good to admit that, but also clearly it's Toyota's fault, not yes, Turn Ten's fault. Turn Ten wasn't like, you know what? Fuck Toyota. <laughs> and now, to many gamers, I mean, a lot of car people got into cars because of shit like Fast and the Furious. So to many gamers, like not including the Toyota Supra is like releasing, it's like releasing Smash Brothers without Link in it. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, it's still Smash, it's still fun, but like. So is Toon Link like the race car? Mm. The, sorry, yeah. I'm trying to get up the metaphor. Say, yeah, and Young Link is the Toyota Hilux. <laughs> Forza prides itself on how many cars are in its games, and there are a lot of fucking cars in Forza Motorsport 7. And most of those cars were moved directly over from Forza Horizon 3, with the exception of a handful all being Toyota. Mm. And as we would come well, to learn... In that the, does suck. There's a whole bunch of stuff they had to... As we would come to learn in the future, on. this also would not include Lexus or Scion, because they are both owned. owned by Toyota. Uh, Gran Turismo, on the other hand, featured a whole bunch of Toyotas. Mm. <laughs> Yo, check it. Yeah. As for our other racing games, Project Cars came out earlier that year. And had managed to secure the rights to the new Toyota GT86. Chock full of Toyotas. While Need for Speed... That game was in development for a while. Wasn't it Kickstarter? No, the first one was Kickstarter. The first one was Kickstarter, too, okay. wasn't uh, And while Need for Speed Payback would come out a month later, it would also not feature anything but the beloved uh, Japanese manufacturer. That's hmm. in the pattern. Uh, yeah. Fans of Forza were left baffled and looking for answers. Now it should be noted that this is not the first time a manufacturer skips out on these racing French. Very famously, EA owns the exclusive rights to Porsche until the year of our Lord 2016. That's how long? Which is one year before this happened. <laughs> so they it, do have rights to Porsche. Yeah, However, there was a Need for Speed game with Porsche in the name. I For Porsches have been in Gran Turismo yeah. and they have been in Forza through a loophole, which is that At in Europe, in a... no, in Europe, there are a lot of companies who will buy the chassis from a car, Ruff, R-U-F, is a car company that would just buy <laughs> the chassis to a Porsche 911, yeah. put their own engine in it, and sell it. So Forza and Gran Turismo were allowed to put Ruff 911s, not Porsche 911s. Wait, is it the 911 or is it the 911? Oh, it's, I don't know, 911, I guess. But you're just trying oh. to be, uh... Yeah, never forget. Respectful <laughs> there. <laughs> That's the famous example is Porsche not being in these games. Yeah. In addition, Forza Horizon 3, which had come out in 2016, did not feature any vehicles from Volkswagen. Hmm. And the reason it did not feature any vehicles from Volkswagen was because Volkswagen had their hands full at the time. They were <laughs> the, in the middle oh, yeah. <laughs> of a little scandal where they lied of two emissions. Yes. Lied on emissions <laughs> tests. So, but that was different because that was just Volkswagen. Volkswagen owns Porsche. And in addition, they also own Bugatti and... And Bugatti? Yeah. Wait, Volkswagen owns Porsche? And Bugatti, yeah. Damn. Well, technically now Porsche owns Bugatti and Volkswagen owns Porsche. Gotcha. But I woke up in a new <laughs> Volkswagen. Nope. Wrong that doesn't have a <laughs> ring to it. doesn't have the same ring. Yeah. yeah no. But yeah, um, this isn't the first time that this licensing shit has fallen through, but it is a little bit different than last time. Now, what makes this even weirder is that 
as the blog post above mentioned, this is only for Toyota's production cars. Mm. Uh, the Toyota Hilux the... would be featured in Forza Motorsport 7. The Hilux is technically designed by an Icelandic company named Arctic Trucks and is just produced <laughs> and Trucks. sold by Toyota. But they own the licensing rights, not it's Toyota. Sounds like a travel channel show. Mm. In addition, Toyota has multiple divisions and their racing division is a separate division from their manu- their consumer manufacturing division. Right. The, the licensing gets tricky, right? Because technically the Toyota Camry or some version of the Toyota Camry is a NASCAR car, one of the three NASCAR cars. So just like found the blueprint is you can't, uh, you can't keep NASCAR cars out of a game that's licensed to NASCAR because you got to like, that'd be a problem. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> certain NASCAR drivers drive a Toyota. They don't drive a fucking Chevy or a Ford. So, you know, guess we'll just have to make burnouts instead. So the Toyota Camry was in Forza Motorsport seven, but the NASCAR version of it and the Hilux was in Forza Motorsport seven. So that's your racing car is the NASCAR one. And then the Hilux, the pickup truck, is because it's technically licensed by a different company. It's all very yeah, confusing. All, yeah, no. I'm, I'm following you mm-hmm. right up to every period. Now, far <laughs> be it from the internet to let this one slide without speculating wildly. What? We have a couple theories surfacing as to why Toyota is absent from these games. First is that Toyota has made a shift into making mostly economy cars. Obviously, they make the they make the most popular, boring four-door sedan in the world, the Toyota Corolla, as well as the smaller version of it, Toyota Camry. And then the rest of it is all pickup trucks and crossovers and SUVs, just like every fucking car company now. Yeah. This is a problem because they don't, well, they do now. But at the time, they didn't make a Supra. They also didn't make drifting cars or anything like that. They stopped doing that in the early 2000s. So a lot of people speculated that Toyota doesn't want people going back and fantasizing about their old cars. They want them buying their new cars. And Toyota doesn't have anything anything fun or exciting to drive in Forza anymore. It's just all SUVs and shit. Second, Toyota does not like their cars to be modified. Gran Turismo allows you to tune cars, but not really modify them. Whereas Forza and Need for Speed are all about car modification. Right. It's not real. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> piss off. Well, these are, again, This remember, this is speculation. Goes, a, goes against everything that they believe in. <laughs> this is a respectable car yeah, company. You, you know what cars are getting pimped out like all crazy? And it's in the Fast and Furious movies. Right. Like, that's like the whole thing. <laughs> and our third and uh, most reasonable is that I don't know. They couldn't come to an agreement. Toyota just either wanted too much money or just didn't want to do it. Yeah, that seems pretty reasonable. Like, yeah. the money's not right. Right, yeah. yeah. They walk away. Now, this is where our story's going to fast forward a little bit because there's not a lot of news on this front for a while. Those games come and go. Gran Turismo has Toyotas. Everybody's Forza happy. Forza doesn't. Everybody's sad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Toyota does come out with a new Supra. It gets added to Gran Turismo. It does not get added to Forza uh, or Need for Speed. But who gives a shit about Need for Speed Payback? <laughs> um, and then E3 2018 comes and Forza Horizon 4 is announced. No Toyota. Ooh. Forza Horizon 4 then comes out in November of 2018. No Toyota. In 2019, Need for Speed Heat is announced. No Toyota. Ooh. A reboot <laughs> of Grid is announced. <laughs> no Toyota. Oh. <laughs> where are these 
darn Toyota guys at, <laughs> all right? But here is the where the phone's been ringing off the hook for years. Here is where our numbers. story gets interesting. Just a just an email like inbox that no one has been answering. A random angry fan of the Need for Speed franchises of all things, not Forza, not Grid, Need for Speed, sent them a dead fish. Uh, <laughs> says tweets at Toyota UK on Twitter and says. Where Boy, is Toyota bro. in the new Need for Speed game? <laughs> That's a real missed opportunity. Toyota UK then responds, not there. You can find our cars in GT Sport, which doesn't promote illegal street racing. And then they put that little, oh. like that little like gritty teeth emoji. It's hard to explain, oh. but you know what I'm talking about? The one with the wide eyes and like the full smile. Mm-hmm. What fucking wet blankets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they also ended the tweet with bruv. No, but hold on. <laughs> The response, the only response to that tweet before it was promptly deleted was the Need for Speed account. It just said tweeting, pussy. Nerd. <laughs> that's so, so awesome. <laughs> all right, that's all fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll get the new Need for Speed. Uh, seems like more of a joke than anything. They put that weird emoji in there. But like I, I said, know. the tweet. What's the, 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 the joke is that you're lame? Like, that's not <laughs> a very good bit. I don't know the joke is that like Gran Turismo is a more honorable franchise than Need for Speed, which is true, but not because sure, it's about illegal street racing. Yeah, it's because it's, said. it's because it has a budget and people give a shit about it. But so this all it's also like out. more simmy, but mm-hmm. this all spawns out of elitist nerds. Is that what you're telling me? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> like all car shit, those dorks. Again, seems like a joke, but the tweet was promptly deleted. Uh, and then Toyota Take released down. the following statement: We, we look like. Officially, the Toyota Motor Corporation has no concrete plans to license its model range to any other games besides Gran Turismo Sport at the moment. So is there an exclusivity deal or partnership? I don't know. Is there? We'll be really excited to share our future plans with you as soon as we are able to. Okay. Something's cooking. Like you said, no exclusivity deal confirmed. Sony is obviously not fucking saying shit. But this leads many to come to the very reasonable conclusion that this isn't a Toyota's being a dick thing. This is a Sony's paying Toyota to be a dick thing. And shut up about it. Yeah, and shut up about it. They're also um Japanese company, both or both of them, I mean. Correct. As opposed to Microsoft. We come towards the end of 2019, October 2019, the grid reboot launches, new Toyotas. November 8th, Need for Speed Heat comes out. No, not a Toyota in sight. So it seems like... Starting to connect the dots. If there is an exclusive deal... It's clearly still in effect, right? Yeah. Wrong. 11 days later, <laughs> the For- <laughs> set me up. <laughs> the Forza Motorsport account tweeted, uh, we got Toyota. <laughs> suspiciously two years and two weeks after the launch of Gran Turismo Sport and Forza Motorsport 7. Guess what ran two, out, motherfuckers? Two plus the Forza two. Motorsport account, it, account tweeted it lapsed. that the 1998 Toyota Supra RZ Mark IV would be coming to Forza Horizon 4 free of charge in their title update on December 12th of 2019. Yeah, free of charge, And it only too. cost us $10 million. <laughs> yeah. Um, the news was then followed by a bunch more Toyotas, including the Corolla, the Celica, the AE86 Sprinter, the GT, the MR2, as well as the Lexus LFA, the Lexus ISF, and the Lexus RCS. You're getting flooded with Toyotas. We got Toyota-branded bicycles, Toyota <laughs> stickers. Look at the, look, there's helmets. billboards in the game. They got Toyotas <laughs> yeah, on them. It's written in the clouds in the sky. So what actually happened? <laughs> Poor Need for Speed. By the way, if, I, if you didn't, <laughs> didn't if get, you didn't get it, because I kind of blew past it, this announcement came 11 days after Need for Speed <laughs> Heat released somebody, with no Toyotas in it. Somebody at EA pulling their hair out. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it, you they, they me? get a taste of their own medicine for the Porsche thing, yeah, I guess. That's true. I guess you could say they got left in the dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should change it to need for Toyotas, right? <laughs> <laughs> Might um, actually sell better. <laughs> change the name. Uh, but yeah, what actually happened? Sad to report? I don't know. The weird thing about this story is that many out- good, many outlets report that the, there is that there is in fact a deal between Sony and Toyota as a fact. Undoubtedly, others reported as speculation. I personally could not find any concrete proof in writing anywhere that there was a deal, but it's pretty it obvious there was public. a deal. Yeah. So I was just about to ask: Is something like that that does doesn't have to be public, right? I mean, if you're signing contracts, <sighs> I don't think so. Like that, no, no, it doesn't have to be yeah. public. Yeah. No, especially for um, foreign. So most likely. It only has to be pu- the weird thing about it is to get into it a little bit. The only thing that's weird about it is it like to go back to our cold open. If you're Sony and you're like, you should buy Avengers on our platform. Mm-hmm. We have Spider Man. They made that public because them buying exclusive rights to Spider Man is a selling point. Yeah, we don't well, know it's, when it's choose us over. We don't know when we have Spider Man. <laughs> He's around here somewhere. I think, I think 2022. Yeah, I think there's a guy in the office who drew a picture. Yeah, of him. it's going to be pretty sweet. It's just like a kid's drawing of Spider-Man. <laughs> he's a hard he's a hard guy to nail down, you know, with the webs and everything. Yeah. So you can imagine our frustration. Try getting a picture. The weird thing is, if there was a deal, I don't know why Sony would pay Toyota to exclusively license to Polyphony Digital, One only game. to then never mention it. Like, if I was yeah, Sony... You, right, and you I, put that on the box. Yeah, you, you market like it. Point, this yeah. is where, hey, you want to race a Toyota Supra? We got you. Well, Forza that's, sucks. Well, that's why Need like, for Speed was that. like had Porsche in that. Oh, I gotta look up that game. Need for Speed Porsche Unleashed. Oh, Porsche Unleashed. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Uh, and it's it makes itself very well known that this is the, this is the yeah. place to come for Porsche. If you're if you are spending money signing contracts, you mm-hmm. want to leverage that in yeah, marketing. Exactly. But <laughs> again, no concrete proof. But I don't see why not. There's really no reason for Toyota to take <laughs> such a hard stance on. In a tweet, and then two months later, and 11 days after Need for Speed wasn't allowed to have Toyotas, to just push a deluge of Toyotas into Forza Horizon <laughs> 4 later as DLC. Other than what is seemingly a two-year contract that was secretly signed between Sony and Toyota, but I guess we'll never know. Because as of recording, like Randy said, it is now November 4th, 2021, November 9th. 2020, actually November 5th, tomorrow, mm-hmm. the early access version of Forza, oh, Forza Horizon 5, 5 yep. comes out. And next Tuesday, the day before this episode is set to go live, so, uh, Forza Horizon 5 comes out to the public. So if you're listening to this and you got Game Pass, enjoy your Toyotas. Download that Forza Horizon 5 and just, you know, race Toyotas all day because they got a chop, like a <laughs> whole fucking bunch of Toyotas in Fo- Horizon 5. Yeah, there's so. like <laughs> nine, <laughs> 900 Toyotas in it yeah. here. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> nothing but oops all Toyotas. But yeah, that's my story. I'm waiting for Forza oops all Toyotas to actually make a make it to the light of day. Oh god, I got to Photoshop that, don't I? <laughs> oh, no, that was interesting. All right, uh, so I got a question for you guys. Y'all like memes? <laughs> I like them. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I love them. How about Endless Runners? You remember Dat Boy? <laughs> do I? The frog on the unicycle? Yeah. What a trip. <laughs> that was a joyous get, couple of weeks. <laughs> how'd, they, how'd they get that frog uh, on the, uh, what is it, motorcycle? Unicycle. Unicycle. All right, so into the memes here. Um, and, and Endless Runners, how do you feel about those? 
<laughs> Take it or leave it. <laughs> oh, Cannibal I... was pretty good. It's all downhill from there, though. <laughs> no, Bit Trip Runner. Nah, Cannibal's better. <sighs> well, I got good news. Because uh, what if I were to tell you that Nintendo, of all people, fulfilled your wishes back in 2014 oh my God. and gifted us with what is likely the best of the worst and most bootleg-ass game to ever sneak past their official seal of quality. And as a Wii U exclusive. Production note for those <laughs> listening, we got a new uh, mixer and it has a built-in soundboard, so look forward to that in the future. <laughs> I am so upset with myself that I didn't put the sounds from this game on the soundboard. Uh. <laughs> Like an MLG air horn and like the, where are you at? Yep. <laughs> so, uh, you know, get, get those pesky PlayStations and Xboxes out of here. Throw that expensive PC you built in the motherfucking trash can. Mm-hmm. Because this is the tale of Meme Run. I can has <laughs> Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> so I can play my Wii U and smoke a joint. And like chug Mountain Dew and yeah, get hit three sixty headshots at the same mm-hmm. time. Well, actually, not to jump ahead, but you might not want to do any of the things I just said. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll get there. Um, anywho, allow me to paint a picture. Uh, it's December that year. Mm, snow um, is on the ground. <laughs> the light, eight- a light dusting. The Christmas lights are all <laughs> yeah, up. This I'm is in the, the, uh, I'm there. Am I yeah, here? this is the eighteenth to be precise. So. Wow, Christmas Ooh, is right around away. the corner. Right yeah. around the corner. Uh, and something appears on the Big N's eShop. It's crude, costs $5, and is categorized under the genre Illuminati Confirmed. Perfect. Which I guess means that whoever uploads a title to the service for download can essentially write whatever they want in the info. Pretty funny. It's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like that could go bad quick. Surprised that made it past old daddy Nintendo. Right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and guess. I've been on this show enough. Nothing's going to go wrong. Randy's just bringing this game up because he likes it so much. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> well, speaking of that listing, um, both the developer and the publisher were listed as Ninja Pig Studios, a duo indie outfit consisting of an, at the time, 20-year-old designer, Jordan Schwetz, and his younger brother. Uh, they launched their website and started work in 2011. Uh, Jordan began programming in the seventh grade after discovering an interest in HTML, The passion progressed once he was given his first smartphone in his freshman year of high school, spending endless hours educating himself on its internal components as well as messing around with various apps. Um, This then led to him going into application development, often receiving advice from other young minds who frequented um, like Android community forums. Um, He labeled Ninja Pig more or less as a quote, one man shop, uh, but always still insisted in crediting outside sources that helped him out. The MS Paint style company logo was a picture he drew in junior high that his dad loved and hung by his computer while the name came from his gamer tag. Pretty, um, cool. pretty cool kid so far. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he tinkered with the tools he had using Unity to uh, create and release his commercial debut, a simplistic parody game called IQ Test, inspired from the numerous browser and like phone stuff that came before it, all with the same concept. Like impossible quiz and shit like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. You get tricked into attempting to solve basic puzzles through unconventional means, get annoyed at the solutions, then inflict it on your friends and family and watch their right, frustrated right, yeah. reactions. And then get dumpstered on in your results. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get pranked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you remember like the, the these from back in the, the Flash days? They were, they were like fun yeah. once and then everybody mm-hmm. rushed to replicate it. Um, 
Here's what makes this one unique though. Upon instant attention with its availability on the iPhone, iPad, and Barnes and Noble's Nook, the latter being the most important as it not only was his personal favorite, it was less crowded of a scene than the former's. Uh, literally dethroning Angry Birds on there for several weeks while rocking decent scores to match. Um, but yeah, these versions were out on July 31st of 2014, and he had a plan on the side to keep the train of success rolling, this being to also submit it to launch for the Wii U. The mobile scene was already inundated with that kind of shit um, by this point, um, but not the console space. Uh, plus, Nintendo was beginning to have quite the reputation to those in the know for having a bizarrely lax certification process with their store. Um, perhaps even more so after Apple and Google were getting pressured to curate their marketplace better and trim down the garbage that was being dumped on there daily. Uh, he could potentially face the removal of future creations on iOS. Mario guys, however, too distracted to catch anything. Yes, distracted by the success of the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they that's, were... a lot, that's a lot of money to count, my friend. Mm-hmm. One, two, we'll be here all week. Now, he couldn't find if Jordan had somehow acquired his own Wii U dev kit or if the Unity engine was just so universally compatible that porting the builds from his PC was so easy that it wasn't even needed. Um, yeah, it's that one. Yeah, for more on the history of that software, check out our episode on it, by the mm-hmm. way. <laughs> Um, so there's no telling why Nintendo themselves permitted such products through their doors, uh, especially when you consider their protections over the brand along with their prior relationship with third parties, um, or lack thereof. Um, was it due to their unfamiliarity with running an online like shop? Uh, was it that their system was absolutely failing to connect this generation and they frankly would take almost whatever to pat out its small library? Who knows? It's Take that, your pick. It's that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that one. <laughs> but either way, Jordan's IQ test made it through the cracks, and a few days later, on August 4th, it was ready for purchase on your Wii U. Uh, again, it was five bucks. A single outlet reviewed it with a four out of ten, uh, them not being swayed by its low-budget nature, and it otherwise faded into the console's lonely catalog of shovelware. I take it back, by the way, because have you been on the Switch eShop? It's full oh, of yeah. garbage. <laughs> yep. It's like yeah. Nintendo don't give a fuck. They man. really don't. The at only place worse is Steam. I mean, at least it's full though. I go in there and yeah, I'm looking the for problem like you with, know the the hottest new thing, and I see a bunch of shit that I just look the right over. The problem with the mm-hmm. Switch but marketplace it feels alive. Yeah. is that there'll there'll be those like dollar phone games, but they're like sandwiched next to like triple A releases yeah. and yeah. their own shit that they publish. You're yeah. like, yeah, what? no, the problem is you're like, oh. <laughs> Awesome, dude. Like, No More Heroes 3 came out. Yeah. Let's go on the eShop and download it. I'm so <laughs> it's excited. It's already like pages. And you down. go to recent yeah. releases and three pages in is No More Heroes because since noon when that came ten out. 10 Sudoku games. And 10 p.m. Yeah. when you're checking the store, there's like eight mobile ports and like, yeah, yeah five anime games with yeah young I, women. I've also, yeah. Being that, mistreated. <laughs> I thought I was alone, but yeah, I have noticed whenever I stumble into the, the Switch shop, mm-hmm. eShop, whatever, I, it stuff that comes out gets buried quick. Yeah. Yeah, so. Meanwhile, Jordan was on to begin working on his magnum opus. Not that it was going to take very long. He collected, sorry, stole images and audio from across the internet that he found amusing and got programming. 
Borrowed. <laughs> Borrowed. <laughs> I'm also going to say that his pre-release statement claiming that Meme Run was intended to appeal to hardcore as well as casual audiences by featuring, quote, intuitive controls and goals was an obvious prank after the final result was revealed. Uh, he toyed about with folks on Twitter during its production, occasionally dishing out nuggets of info on the game with it. Um, words on its perceived quality did travel around, this leading him only to, f- <laughs> to further mess with people questioning its validity or purpose, to which he would respond with messages like, quote, We can only speculate about the existential horrors and guilty delights the game is sure to bring once it launches. While the end of the post reads, quote, Leave a comment with your thoughts below or get wrecked, you noob XD. So, was the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving this kid. Love did, memes. Did he <laughs> the was, fire from overly passionate Nintendo fans only getting fueled even more? <laughs> did he release the name of it at this point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, people knew kind of what they were in for. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, regardless, the project was completed in just under a couple months, officially being proved by the big N after three rejections on November 18th, with a trailer coming on Thanksgiving. When Hold f- on. Three rejections? Well, probably for bugs. Gotcha. Yeah. So there is some sort of quality control in place. Some. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> and there's a like a big red N stamp. Yeah. It gets. yeah. Like it's like I. No, that's a Netflix. I think stamp. more. Oh, what, shit. <laughs> more what they're looking for is like, does it boot? <laughs> you know. Like, so it took them three tries to get it to boot. That's I don't. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, when the feedback from the public became what you expected, Jordan simply responded with classifying it as Game of the Year 2014. <laughs> this guy rules. Yeah. So footage was now in the wild. He continued to put it on the finishing touches using his buddies from college as playtesters. <laughs> and on December 18th, Meme Run landed on the eShop with the actual description underneath of it being, quote, Tyrone rated this game 8 out of 8, which means it's not bait, so come play, mate. Oh, my With God. With bait and mate, of course, having the number 8 in them. Have we talked about how memes don't age well? <laughs> I don't know. This like, is like a fine line. Yeah. Ask me. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty bitter in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, just like wine. I'm, <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm not listening to anything Randy says, by the way. I'm just thinking of memes to reference. <laughs> <laughs> you'd right. have to be a bad luck Brian to download this game and pay $5 for it, right? <laughs> another one for you. <laughs> so now let me walk you through the experience of playing this nightmare. Oh, please don't. Immediately up. <laughs> oh, I've, I've played it. Did you? Yeah. Oh. Uh, immediately upon Wait, boot up. did you play it for the memes? Okay, keep going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you are treated with looping screams from the Wombo Combo Smash Melee video, okay. blaring as loud as possible to the point of it crackling. You uh, have my attention. This Continue. right on top of its lengthy load screen. Um, then it's just options of press X to start, press A to jump, press B to slide. That's it. No deeper menus, no multiplayer leaderboards. The gameplay then goes... The shortest answer I can give is that it is an endless runner. You're automatically moving right on a 2D plane constructed of procedurally generated blocks of Lenny faces with your character being a troll face stick figure. Great. The backgrounds designed to take your eyes off the action were made up of other pulsating memes. Uh, What's the frog, the dancing frog one? Dab boy. No, different frog. Different crazy frog? Nope. 
lot of Friday. <laughs> they don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the Wednesday ones. Um, and the dollar bills would drop. Air horns would pop in to shake everything. Uh, a JPEG of the 50 cal sniper from Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 with hit markers would cover the field. Wait, you're taking me back. <laughs> Music would be interrupted with repeating audio taken from different Lauer videos. Um, it's like the Oh Baby a Triple. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the Where are You At? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you could collect little Illuminati pyramids as a multiplier for your points. Uh, sorry, swag points. They are called in game. Uh, which continuously rises <laughs> the longer you stay alive. Austin is just like... <laughs> Getting flashbacks. This is something. Yeah. Uh, eventually, you will lose, either from plummeting into a pit or by getting stuck on the environment as the screen slides away. After death, text will then encourage you to post your high score to the Miiverse, and that's basically it. Um, Did you say it was never-ending? Well, yeah. Yeah, it's the yeah. shutter. Oh, yeah, endless time. <laughs> it reviewed like ass. Uh, the only t- uh, two on Metacritic showing um, were a one from Nintendo Life and a two from Nintendo Enthusiast, respectfully. Uh, unfortunately, not enough to give it a full number under them, since I believe you do need a minimum of... Wait, what'd you say? Four or five. Four or five. Those um, Nintendo reviewers... Separate outlets don't... to look at it. Those Nintendo reviewers don't mess around, okay? Yeah. You put the, only the highest quality, highest caliber products on their platforms or get the H If out. only we had a way, some sort of technology to average <laughs> one and two together. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. The user score, though, was a 3.9. Hell yeah. From 57 different profiles. It should they, have been a 6.9. Because they get... Mm, <laughs> you definitely get it. Yeah, I get it. Many stated its irritating nature, cheap presentation, straight-up broken and responsive controls, and loads of glitches as primary complaints. Like, literally, you could just fall through the floor in this thing mm-hmm. every now and then. <laughs> Not what you want to happen in a game like this. No. Uh, although I do enjoy Kotaku's uh, Mark Serrell's assessment of it. It's, quote, terrifying. Just watching this video game being played is a genuine insight into what it is to be insane. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, my opinion was that it wasn't crazy enough from what I saw. I think the concept demanded more memes than just what they had in there. Um, so some of those that bought into the idea were mad. One buyer even tried to initiate a change.org petition in an effort to remove it from sale. It had six supporters. <laughs> Jeez. Because here's where it gets great. Folks on the opposite end of the spectrum were super into the joke to the degree that meme runs Meverse page was getting just flushed with drawings and notes from tons of accounts, ironically exclaiming that it was the best game of all time. See, every Wii release, big and small, gets their own dedicated social network hub. Uh, It was a company standard, and any title with regular activity on them would bring it to the forefront of the Nintendo Online Marketplace. Mm -hmm. Meaning, curiosity kept getting peaked, and boom, more copies sold. (laughs) It was hilarious, and I love it. It's like the greatest trick ever pulled. It's great. I love this dude. And also, like, you're going to buy a game called Meme Run that has a troll face very prominently displayed for $5 and then be like, this is bullshit. I want my money back. It's like, no, dude. (laughs) You bought in. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's That's the two-step process here. Mm -hmm. Um, Jordan was pretty pleased at the surprising numbers and that he was going to issue updates to show his gratitude, plus another secret plan. A plan? 
to incite the same chaos on Steam. On January 5th, going into the new year of 2015, Meme Run was put on Steam Greenlight. The votes poured in, but I'll have to get back to that in a bit. On January 19th, quote, Bigly Mode was added to the Wii U edition, a sly reference within the Miiverse community in relation to the news by the Smash Brothers dev team that Ridley from Metroid was too big to include on its fighter roster. Of course, now here we are in a post-Smash Ultimate world where he was indeed a part of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone is here. Um, but yeah, all this update did was change your avatar if you wanted by hitting the B button. Mm. Cool. Interesting. <laughs> um, okay, so this intentional disaster was doing what it does, causing both pain and joy. <laughs> uh, Jordan was on Cloud9, mm-hmm. except then the unexpected occurred. A controversy most foul. Oh, no. Intellectual property theft. <laughs> hey, I already covered that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, interestingly enough, a previous patch did replace the Call of Duty gun asset with a generic one. Ninja Pig possibly foreseeing the inevitable cease and desist from Activision if the game's popularity were to reach larger heights. Um, the real outcome here wouldn't truly get revealed yet um, because from our perspective, this thing just vanished from the eShop. Right. Without any announcement. March 3rd, Meme Run was suddenly gone, tragically killing its Miiverse in the process. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Lost to time. Or went out. Uh... Rumors did spread as to why, but nearly all fingers pointed to the title's inclusion of snatching various internet stuffs without permission as the culprit. It was doing too well for it to be a view of objective taste. No word was coming from the studio. Well, other than the uh, gameography on their website changing the product link to a Rickroll. Um, nice. Nintendo this of America. Dude never Classic. stops, does he? <laughs> Classic dude facing legal action and he's still, he's still memeing. <laughs> Love, gotta love it. His address is one, two, three, fake street. (laughs) Uh, Nintendo of America was also conspicuously silent. A day later, a Reddit topic would then get made from someone claiming that an individual known as Wayne on DeviantArt has written about how he technically owned the copyright for the troll faces and sent a DMCA takedown on Nintendo after failing to stay in contact with Jordan constructively. For brevity's sake, I'm not going to read the entire post. Uh, The key factors, though, were that he wasn't trying to be a dick. He was just following the protocol advised from his business holders and that potentially, like, a solution could still be reached to reinstate it back to the store. Um, This likely being crediting and compensation, as he mentioned that fair use wasn't going to fly here. This is getting sticky, man. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. He did answer a few inquiries uh, as the thread went along explaining that he doesn't typically pursue every use of the images and that this was sort of his only path. Um, Personally, I'm kind of torn on this. I'm not sure whose side I'm on, really, Uh, especially when the realization came that Ninja Pig just months before this had to outright cancel their second Wii U uh, release called uh, Jumpy Cat for similar reasons. As pieces of the artwork wasn't theirs, nor was the title name itself even available. A Gamgo games apparently locked that down already. Uh, that aside, the suspicions were once again confirmed, this time through a Kotaku interview direct with our inventor of the troll face himself, then 20-year-old Carlos Ramirez. Uh, he said that he was happy to see people use his art online, but Meme Run was a whole other story. 
uh, it being a retail item for sale on a major gaming platform uh, was was harder for him to ignore. That and that it it, uh, it was also actively earning money. <laughs> yeah. Um, this then finally led to Jordan uh, Schwetz speaking up. His reasoning being that the content he grabbed were being hosted on a royalty-free website, uh, open game art, um, everything else he made in Photoshop. Uh, he also went on to say that he was uncertain if it could ever return, despite fan petitions um, circulating around to bring it back. Uh, so now we're at the chapter where each party comes off a tad scummy. Uh, starting with Jordan's defense, as Kotaku was unable to locate any of the troller rage faces, whatever you call them, as options to pull from on Open Game Arts Library, uh, Ramirez, being unsatisfied with the title's removal uh, due to it still obtaining a profit for two and a half months, um, persisted in legally enforcing his, what he once called, uh, harmless comic from when he was 18, now registered with the U.S. Copyright Office as of 2010. Jeez. <laughs> it's uh, it's estimated to have accumulated over $100,000 for him since, and had recently, not making this up, he signed a deal with sometimes actor Adam Sandler to produce a film based off it. What? Yeah. And he felt entitled to that revenue. Okay. This is getting a little crazy. I mean, crazy. They, the, the movie industry greenlights stupid shit all yeah. like, like this all the time mm -hmm. without it ever culminating in anything, but still. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. Um, so it probably seemed more valuable to fight. Uh, with the in 2014 problem was when he approached Jordan about that, he told him it hadn't earned him any cash to fork over Ramirez then pointing out its status as an e-shop top seller and anecdotal evidence taken from the WeWare Plaza signifying that plenty of customers were playing it. Yeah, man, I spent all that cash already. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> Thing is you, you don't need to own the game to post there. Yeah. So his metric, probably not totally accurate. Um, Jordan replied by telling the interviewer that the figures he's implying are, quote, completely abstract and erroneous. Uh, that even if he was allowed to share the numbers, ignoring Nintendo's NDA, every developer must sign that those assessments were true. Ramirez, in an attempt to dig deeper, discovered from those close to Jordan that he wanted to use Meme Run to help fund his education something he didn't previously dispute when asked on his mission to produce games. It's a noble cause. Yeah. You don't understand I support that. that. Yeah. Our troll face owner kept demanding answers. Uh, how many units were downloaded? What was the cut? Was Nintendo even aware of the debacle? He was prepared to go to court for this, all, hey. all while Jordan was dragging his feet. Dang, the troll face guy is pretty serious. Yeah. Like, hell bent. Ramirez then publicly insulted and threatened Jordan, calling him, quote, the least mature person I've ever dealt with, and that he didn't know the extent of what consequences were brewing. He was increasingly angry at what it cost to pad out this process, too. <sighs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Although wishing to get followers on his side of the mess, he did state that all Ninja Pig had to do to include his works was ask, and he would have given it gladly. Mm -hmm. Of course, we'll never really be sure if that's how it was going to even play out, if that had happened. Yeah. It's 
Outside of this, questioning around Nintendo's indie policies began to unfold as, like, with whether or not it was okay to open the floodgates to a wave of uploads coming from such inexperienced game designers without a proper understanding of the legal system. Uh, Ramirez continued to fight for his profitable baby. It was the money he was bent on, not the fame. Yeah. Um, that didn't bother him in the slightest. Not that it could with the character taking on a massive life of its own. People will completely forget that I made it, and I think that's cool, is what he said. I looked it up, and he created an NFT out of the troll face and sold it for 69 Ethereum. All right, I take it back. Fuck this guy. Okay, so <laughs> I'm, just, I'm Team Jordan. Here's your, your NFT. Now, Austin's <sighs> NFT Minute. Brought to, you by, yeah. brought to you by Coinbase. You got about 45 more seconds. So. Open seas. Anything else you want to say? Uh, NFTs are stupid and they're a scam and crypto is stupid and it's a scam. But that's fine because money's also stupid and a scam. All right. That was good. This has been the NFT minute. <laughs> <laughs> but this, my friends, is where the trail runs dry. Only time will tell if that court date ever comes as of today. Uh, there hasn't been any new updates past this. It is always possible that the battle was settled behind the scenes. Um, regardless, Jordan doesn't seem phased as he has gone on to release other titles under the company. There was a four-player Pictionary-style game for the Nook called Drawing Guests that did well. Uh, Tiny Birds, which was another mobile platformer that you controlled through touch. Um, both were geared towards the family or younger demographic. Uh, elsewhere, eBay, for a brief moment, saw a sudden uptick in Wii U listings with inflated prices, a la PT, as the consoles that uh, contained the delisted black sheep of the system's deactivated online archive were now being sought after by collectors and enthusiasts. Um, it's tough to say what that worth is in 2021 with everything being so fucked, but it's rarity is undeniable, I suppose. Yeah. Um, in a shocking twist... Meme Run 2 appeared as a Steam exclusive on July 23rd, 2020, as uh, it was and is um, $4.20. Nice. And doesn't feature the, the Ninja Pig branding. Uh, the lesser excited thing is, though, is that it, it, it'll, it no longer contains any actual memes, but instead knockoff versions of real memes. Oh, mm -hmm. man. Admittedly failing to capture much of the original's charm. Uh, it did fine. But what happened to Meme Run 1 on the for Steam, you ask? Um, I didn't, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think it was in 2017, right, that, that uh, Steam Greenlight was discontinued yeah. as a service. Yeah, it says, uh, it, says you're, it, it was early June uh, 2017. Um, the Switch continues to host the same amount, if not more trash, uh, like you mentioned, Austin, meaning this could all completely happen again um <laughs> but that's uh that's it for today i'm afraid press f for meme run <laughs> that or hunt down a wii u if you dare uh with the I one there i wonder what would go for more pt on a on a ps4 or meme run on a wii u PT, because well, people want it. Like people want to play yeah. it. PT's amazing. <laughs> Although I would be curious to try this one day. Like, did you? Um, because did like download a demo, Austin? I think. No, I played it. I knew somebody that bought it. Oh, and then they pranked somebody, you so, with it, bro. Yeah, yeah. I played it for like three minutes. Was this person on the right side of history? Yes. <laughs> they really got you for three minutes, bro. Yeah. It said, mate. 
bro. There's a Wii U game and then Nope Chuck Testa. Remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that one, actually. That song is a too. fucking banger. <laughs> also, a uh, special thanks to Kotaku and Nintendo Life for assisting in my research. And uh, thank you to Giant Bomb for bringing this hilarious abomination into my vision so I could tell it's there. It goes without saying that you guys have covered everything from the most controversial to some of the weirdest topics in video games. I mean, use today's episode as an example. <laughs> um, I thank you. But today I want to tell you a story of a gaming community coming together for a good cause. I would like to recount my personal experience with a little Easter egg hunt that threw almost an entire games community into a frenzy with some of the craziest and most far-fetched theories on how to solve it. But I'm not talking about any gaming community. I'm talking about one of the most ravenous, die-hard, and one of the most committed gaming communities out there. I'm talking about the beloved game company from Software and their first Souls game that started it all, sorta, Demon Souls. Recently, the title was handed off to the extremely capable and skilled developers. Wait, which Demon Souls? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you mean you mean that or not? Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> uh, it was handed off to the extremely capable and skilled developers at Blue Point Games, who were tasked with the job of remaking the game for Sony's next generation console. You may have yeah. heard of it, the PS Five. They don't make those. <laughs> <laughs> it's a myth. It's a launch title. Yeah. 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 Yes, it was, and I'm sure that Blue, e- Blue Point also great at the yeah. masters and stuff. They just got bought by Sony. Yes, yeah, right? mm-hmm. which will come up later. Oh. I'm sure that even if you are not a fan of the game or series, it's undeniable that people that love these games, they really love these games. The lore, everything. And that the discovery of a new, never-before-seen door that was not in the original game, people started scratching their heads and started using those heads to try and figure out how to open it. Mm. Now, as a fan of watching people speedrun these games, break these games, explore every nook and cranny possible all the way down to the game's source code, snooping around for shelved ideas and concepts that never saw the light of day. That oh, you that's can, cool. Yeah, <laughs> that you can imagine people were chomping at the bit to be the first one to figure out what lies behind the mystery door. While I'm going to share my personal... It's too much power for one person. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to share my personal story with the door's discovery, the insane theories being tossed around in Twitch chats and Reddit threads, as well as the inevitable opening of, of the door by a known Souls game speedrunner slash variety streamer, Distortion 2, huh? who I've personally been a fan of for a, a while. Right on. And we got some direct participation here. I didn't even get to play meme run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so grab your shield and sword and take a personal trip with me through the kingdom of Boletaria to find out how to open as well as what lies beyond the door that sent so many fans into a frenzy and how those dastardly developers at Blue Point Games stoked the flames in real time as if they were laughing from atop the Boletaria Palace. <laughs> Wait, I, 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 I journeyed into Boletaria. I quit after two bosses. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get into my feelings on Dark Souls. Uh, actually, right now, uh, let me start off by saying that I'm a huge fan of the Souls games from a third-party perspective. <laughs> Same. Okay? Okay. Uh, I think That's these fair. games are... Awesome. I think they have style for days. Yeah. I just can't. 
get over the hump. They're not for me, but I respect the hell out of what right. they do. Yeah. Uh, Elden Ring looks awesome. Yeah. I'm probably not going to go very far. <laughs> yeah, same, same. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've played nearly all of the Souls games, but only one to completion, and that was with the help of a guide. Sadly, yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> Listen, Wait, which one? Uh, Dark Souls 2. The, and it, the one that Miyazaki didn't direct. And right? it was the one that... Uh, like the it, most divisive. It was They released a later version that was like Scholar of the First Sin that like messed with the game. I think it oh, took yeah, enemies yeah. from certain areas and like put them in other areas, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong on that, but... That's something what they do in like uh, Zelda and Resident Evil speedruns. I forget what they call it when they... Randomizer? Randomizer, yeah. yeah. But uh, did you play Bloodborne? I played everything. Actually, I got like halfway through Bloodborne. Okay. Um, and that, again, is just like, I I have an issue with games that kind of like send you out into a world and like hope you figure out yes, yeah. point A to point <laughs> no, B. I'm, I'm with you. I'm much more of a linear game fan. Yeah. I like to be, you know, just directed in a certain way. So mm-hmm. Yeah. The furthest I ever got I was agree. Sekiro. Oh, really? I mean, That's well, another- isn't that level... No, not Neo mm, is. Yeah, Neo. it's not. It, they're, I mean, they're all somewhat level-based. Demon Souls especially is. Okay. Um, but Well, there's yeah. hubs, but... I made it to the second boss in Demon Souls, the third boss in Bloodborne, the second boss in Dark Souls 1, the first boss in Dark Souls 2, the third boss in Dark Souls 3, and the fourth boss in Sekiro. Which one is often credited as to being the hardest? Is that... I don't really Dark know. Souls, Dark Souls 2 has a reputation for being hard, but that's because apparently I mean, the, it wasn't made correctly. Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, they all do to some extent. <laughs> of have it's, the, it, they're weird because you'll you you will you'll ask a person, like I remember hearing for the longest time that Demon Souls was far and away the hardest. Oh. And then I yeah. talked to fellow hot-button contributor Matt Nudaboom about Demon Souls, and he says that's the easiest one. Really? And he's beaten Dark Souls 1. I thought they would have got become and more two, accessible as they get. And Bloodborne and Demon Souls. So a lot of people say Bloodborne is the easiest. Other people say Bloodborne is the hardest. Yeah. I've heard Dark Souls 3 is very hard. I guess uh, it, it varies. Yeah. Yeah, and if fans get what they want, Elden Ring will be the hardest. <laughs> you know, because as they keep coming well, out I'll with say, games. Okay, so yeah. I'll say this little Elden Ring tangent because you didn't watch the video. Mm-mm. So it looks like they took... Everything, they they it's open world. They listened and they took thing a lot of things people liked about Bloodborne, a lot of things people liked about Sekiro, and a lot mm-hmm. of things that people liked about Dark Souls, and smushed them all together into what is essentially a Breath of the Wild shell. It looks very yeah. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, I could get that off of the first trailer that they showed. I think today was mostly gameplay, correct? Yeah, and it's. It's uh, open world, so you can kind of like tackle it in any order in the same way you would Breath of the Wild. But mm-hmm. it it seems like they're going to be a little bit more handholdy in the direction, right? That you have to go. There's like a waypoint system, yeah, and like a map screen. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll find out soon yep. enough. <laughs> Goes without saying that the Souls games have lore that is shrouded in mystery, oh, and yeah. I guess to a certain degree Those left wikis. up to interpretation, with little hints scattered throughout the worlds. I mean, artistic and conceptual <laughs> styles that ride the line between horrifying and absolutely captivating. Honestly, these games are, in my opinion, milestones in gaming achievements, but are very divisive as to who they appeal to and who really, quote, unquote, gets it. Yeah. Love them or hate them, 
they're here to stay. So <laughs> they sure are. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so let's get Blue Point Games involvement out of their way real quick so we can get to the meat of the story. Uh Blue Point is a game development studio that through the years have made a name for themselves with remastering old favorites and breathing new life while bringing them to newer consoles for both old and new players to experience and enjoy. Yeah, they did like Shadow of the Colossus and Mm -hmm. um, the Metal Gear Collection. Yeah, the Metal Mm -hmm. Gear Collection. Uh, They made their game debut with their only non-remaster slash remake game, Blast Factor, which is noted uh, (laughs) on Wikipedia to be the first console game with 1080p, 60fps, and was released for the PS3 in 2006. Holy shit, I didn't know that. <laughs> Which was also a launch title. It's actually kind of interesting uh-huh. to read up on that. Is it like Blast Core? No. It's like uh-huh. a top-down arcade shooter. Yeah. They would go on wow. to do the God of War collection for the PlayStation 3 and yes. PlayStation Vita in 2009. Ico's Shadow of Colossus. Oh, they Lit- did Ico too as well. There. Yeah. Not Ico too. Yeah, <laughs> Ico and Shadow of Colossus collection and Metal Gear Solid HD collection, a few other ports. Rumor and, has it they're they're making a from the ground up Metal Gear Solid one, which yeah, speculated speculated. Yeah, yeah Twin keep, Snakes already exist. People, they're keeping a tight lip on that. But um, so a few other ports and remasters later brings us to 2020, where they have the privilege of taking on From Software's first officially titled Souls game. Demon Souls. It was a surprising announcement. Yeah. yeah. A launch title for the PS5. Funny side note here, Blast Factor was a launch title for the PS3. So Was it a... God. No, sorry. Keep going. I just want to Google a picture of this box. Like I, uh, I think it was digital. It's digital. But oh, I mean, it was digital. Yeah. Okay. They would do such a good job with Demon Souls uh, that Sony would later acquire them in September 2021 yeah, and, finally, and finally put a ring on it. <laughs> I'm honestly personally really handcuffs. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It depends on how you look at it, I guess. No, I'm, that's probably a good uh, partnership. I'm really excited to see what they do next, but let's move on to the topic at hand. Now we roll the clocks back almost a year to the date. It's November 12th, 2020 PS fives are showing up at doorsteps across the country. Sometimes. Or you're going out to a store and trying to weather those lines. No, and, that, that ain't happening. No. <laughs> I think it was mostly they were arriving on doorsteps. Yeah. Mine, uh, in particular, showed up on launch day. Luckily enough, got mine through Amazon. Wow, good for you. Um, did, did your show up launch day? No. Remember? Yes. Yeah. Mine showed up a couple days late, so then I bought another one, and you picked it up. Yeah, that's what I bought. And then I gave you my other one. Thank you, by the way. Mm-hmm. We all got one. That's <laughs> yeah. all that matters. We did yep. during like peak pandemic shit right. too. Was... And with this, oh. and with the launch of this console, an old PlayStation Three favorite, fully redone for next generation, is back for players old and new, and people are loving it. It looked do- like it's a it's a showpiece for yes, sure. Yes, absolutely. It's like it is of. absolutely beautiful what they did to this game, and Runs it's well. not surprising that the game still holds up. For the sake of time, I'm going to skip over some of the finer details because this game franchise as a whole is dense and we're here to talk about this <laughs> dang door. <laughs> so tucked away in a seemingly door. Yeah, tucked away in a seemingly useless alleyway in World One Area Three, just like the original, lies an illusionary wall. So for those who are not familiar, an illusionary wall is just like a normal wall, but when it's struck 
the wall disappears and shows a passageway, a secret room, something like that. Mm. And this time, unlike the original game where you're met with another wall, there appears to be something that was not in the original, a mysterious door, a torch on the wall, a sack perched up against that wall, a canteen and a broken pendant slash door knocker on the steps. Wasn't there a pendant? Sorry, just reminded me in like Dark Souls one that nobody knew what it did. There's uh, a lot of shit in these games. Okay. Yeah, the, it's yeah, definitely. These things are way yeah, way obscure and way like you know. But you're saying this is like this is on brand, like for them to be Absolutely. like yeah, yeah. So there's they're uh, encouraging that two wooden doors ornate with six golden sigils. I'm trying to paint a picture in your mind here. What's a sigil? Uh, like little ornament or, or ornaments, I guess. Okay, uh, just like sorry, yeah. <laughs> And Did you say what's a sigil? Yeah, it's just like a I like a emblem. Icon, emblem. Yeah. yeah. All right, make it fun of me for not knowing, but apparently it's a hard question to answer or thing to describe. It's because it's such a common <laughs> thing. <laughs> you need oh, to be. You, need you have to, sigils hanging all around your house. Yeah. Do you know what a crucifix <laughs> is? I, I I mean, we didn't have them hanging up here. I know what they are. Yeah, you fucking heathen. <laughs> <laughs> You needed God in this house. Yeah, you need Jesus. (laughs) So the discovery was made, and just like that, the race was on to figure out what was required to open it and what it was hiding. Now, luckily, in the world of the internet slash online gaming communities, word traveled fast. Oh, I bet. (laughs) So on November 14th, a little late, I don't think this was the first time somebody found it. It was two days later. Oh, I was going to say, when did the PS5 launch? The 12th. 12th? Okay. Yeah, it was day and day with the Demon Souls. Yeah. So, November 14th, a Reddit user posted a video of the door titled, quote, Does anyone know how to open this door in 1-3? End quote. And with that, work began solving this mystery of this new door. So, people quickly started positing theories on if... This door was somehow linked to the game's sixth archstone. Uh, apparently, this area was supposed to be called the Northern Limit or Limits, uh, content that was cut from the original game pretty early in development. So that's why there's only five archstones in it. I think their scope was six. Was there DLC for the, the OG Demon Souls? No. No. Okay. no. I knew the Dark Souls games were big into that. So. Um. And was this door a DLC barrier of some sorts? Yeah, there you go. Or maybe it was somehow linked to the other locked mystery door in Bloodborne, which was apparently also contained some cut content as well. Uh, yeah, and people were just throwing anything out there to try and make sure, sense yeah, of it. Yeah. Now, what was, what was quickly figured out, however was that through the newly introduced camera system, you could move the point of view into a far-off reaching area. I mean, it had limits, but it was pretty... Uh, is it like a photo mode or something? Yes, okay. exactly. Using this camera system... Uh, clip through the wall? or the, That was one, okay. one thing that was uh, done. But you were able to see beyond the door, and not only that, people used it in the alleyway that was like on the side of where the door supposedly led into. Okay. So you could kind of mm. see over. Uh, so you could see that it was a courtyard. It had two fountains, one of which was broken, lost to time. A mm. few benches. Laying on top of one of the benches was a corpse, which looked like a slain soldier, with a glowing white item indicator that was enough to make people curious. Oh, 
Oh. So, that, I mean, that'll do it. As soon yeah. as you can see something that it's like that you could pick up. Yeah, and, and you and then you can't reach it. It's yeah. like people are going crazy already. <laughs> so, so really quick, Blue Point has a history with inserting Easter eggs in their remasters, at least with Shadow of the Colossus. Oh. There was a door that needed 79 coins that were scattered uh, throughout the world. There were 10 off. <laughs> <laughs> 10 too many. I, I remember this, though. Like, yeah. Talking about collecting so them all. What you had to do is you just collected all of them, I believe. Wasn't it kind of anticlimactic, though, if I'm not mistaken? I forget. I did look it up, yeah. and uh, I had known from when this was all going on. I researched videos. I remember being like a little like, Is it connected? Yeah. Uh, point, just <laughs> back to their old tricks. Yeah. Get so, a trophy. Right. <laughs> So naturally, one of the first theories was let's collect seventy nine gold coins, and see what that does. Ooh, if there's like cross game, uh... <laughs> right? And there were gold What's coins in the game, and the gold coins were dropped in the world by an enemy called the Fat Official. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, some people that's the best they got. Huh? Some people went to this Fat Official and <laughs> kept farming him for his damn gold coins, which were a rare drop. All right. Uh, but we're met with pretty expected results. Nothing. No go. Nada. No, no, no. Not 79 coins from the fat official. <laughs> that would have been too easy. So we go back to the door. We start examining it. What about the sack leaning up against the wall in front of the door that seemed like it was showing a face peeking out from a ripped hole Creepy. in the side? Yeah. <laughs> with the photo mode, there was filters. And if you like put on like some of the filters or like increase the contrast yeah, the brightness. Yeah. people were like making out a face and they were like who's in that damn bag <laughs> uh or maybe wow. it was the canteen on the steps or the broken door knocker slash pendant looking item on the ground people were diving as deep as they possibly could for clues mm. another personal okay. favorite theory of mine was that within the credits of the game it shows areas throughout the world just kind of recapping your adventures and things like that there was these weird, silly goat faces in seemingly random places, like on a wall, on a tree face, <laughs> inside running lava, amongst many others. I mean, huh. I don't remember exactly how many there were. It's cute. Players went down that. There was definitely a lot of time <laughs> spent on all these <laughs> just basically useless theories. Uh, so would going to these locations give us any information or ideas about the door? Didn't really seem like anything... Uh, was there when the areas were searched. Nothing players were doing, nor the theories being crafted were seeming to lead anyone basically anywhere. Hours poured into dead ends led people to some pretty restless methods. One particular streamer slash speedrunner known as Distortion 2, whom I've been watching obsessively throughout this entire process, was working through everything he deemed viable, and he finally had enough. And he, <laughs> Fuck this. And he... Did what he does best. He started to try and break the game. Yeah. So full busted out as Game Shark. Yeah. His he, action replay. I mean, people. This was over days. The this is like man. I know. I just condensed it down to a few paragraphs. Yeah. I think we were two, three days in, and I'm not kidding. I was watching this guy from the start. He's like my favorite Souls guy, was speedrunner. There probably guy. was like a lot of people in chat were like, "Try this." Did you? Did you? Look oh my this? gosh! Yeah, yeah. He definitely was getting tilted <laughs> by people just tossing out random ideas, yeah. and I do not blame him at all because <laughs> I was eating to the breaking point. I I don't like type a bunch. I'm a lurker, mm -hmm. so I'm watching yeah. people do this, and I'm like, "What really makes you think that that is feasible, <laughs> yeah. or that makes any sense, or there's any connection?" 
yeah, it was really interesting to watch. But yeah, he he was just like, screw this, man. I've had enough. So <laughs> I'm ripping this thing open. Yeah, and he did violating so, the NDA. So full disclosure, I don't know the first thing about game development or really how games work as a whole. So bear with me on this one. Oh, um, bad news for you because I know everything. <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> Players were able to discover that there was a glitch, an exploit, whatever you want to call it. Uh, basically, this was found where walking into a wall while while textures were loading after re- reloading a save file or launching the game oh my God. would Sorry. allow the character model to slightly enter the wall's collision. And then when the wall's texture slash collision fully loaded in seconds later, the character model is propelled upwards for some reason. I don't know. Nowhere to go but up, I guess. All right. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, I don't know how it technically works, uh, but that was enough for people to start working on using this method to potentially figure out how to reach behind the mystery door and land into the courtyard where the much sought after item was located. No, this is what you were meant to do. Yeah. Totally is designed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, after hours of attempts and some pretty creative work, I mean, I have to say, it was mind-boggling watching <laughs> this guy bend and break and twist this game to his will <laughs> uh, he had a goal in mind and it's coming apart the amount of like save quitting reloading uh finding the right angle the right pixel to put his character model to get it pushed up into like <laughs> some far-reaching area that's he- tough to do in modern games too like i i mm-hmm. always associate that type of like you know like brute force with your pre 360 and PS3 era. Like I think it's just as easy to do shit like that now. You think so? Games are made on a very tight timelines. <laughs> they don't really test for everything. No. Yeah, it's funny. I definitely I it's impossible. I definitely thought the same thing. But when these guys get their hands on these games, I'm speaking solely about the Souls community. Pretty much any gaming community, like. Metroid Dread is under an hour and a half in speedruns, and mm-hmm. you're skipping. That didn't take long. Yeah, you're skipping portions yeah, of it. Yeah, I watched. Like uh, that. What was it like a twenty minute speedrun of Deathloop? Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So pretty funny distortion when that game I came that game out. Was still he, structured in a way he to ran game, that like, game briefly. It is. Oh, gotcha. But you like can sequence sequence breaking. Yeah. So and... the funny thing about Deathloop, yeah, is that it it is technically one of those games where it's like you know what you're doing. You can do it all first try because it's like a loop, Mm -hmm. but the first loop is all tutorialized and it is very heavily gated. No. Yeah. They just like clip through a wall and go to a different area and skip half the tutorial. All right. Well, then I rescind what I said. (laughs) I think, I guess this is more my personal, like, you know, uh, childhood with fucking around with PS1 and N64 games and then GameCube. I think it's harder. I think it's harder to. Like Sean was saying, I think now it's harder to figure out. Oh. Like in, in, know, in the N64 then... days, it just kind of happened naturally. But if you <laughs> yeah. know, like if you're a speedrunner and you know how these how to tear these games apart at the seams, yeah, you can really do it now. I mean, games are also more complicated than they've ever been. Doom so Eternal. moving pieces. Doom Eternal is another one. Oh, I've seen videos of that. People will like slingshot themselves through like... The entire map. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's always funny, too, because speedrunners are like, I don't know why it works. It just works, yeah. and I get it half the time. How the fuck shout do you... Out, like, shout out to... Uh, first time. Shout out to IGN. They have a phenomenal series called Dev React. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen when they some just of those. Sh- they show the devs of a game a speed run because the speed because they don't even know they're like you know, like oh. Sean said the speed yeah. runner's just like I don't know why it works it works and then the dev is just like I know exactly why that works oh and then really they explain <laughs> it yeah. I yeah. guess it's like they didn't know that it was found yeah, um, yeah yeah I was going through I think the one I watched uh, in like recent memory to completion was the control one and they were like wow they really. Took advantage of that. And <laughs> we, yeah. we went back and cleaned that up, and yeah, oh, it's like the, the Death Loop one was interesting because they had internal speed runs. Oh, really? Huh. The playtesters. I wanted to would, watch that one. Yeah, the, the playtesters so like would speed run the games, <laughs> and they found some of these exploits and like purposefully left them in. Right, That's and then cool. in the Doom Eternal one, who comes out on top though? The the community or the <laughs> in the Doom Eternal one, they was like and the crew. One of the guys who worked on Doom Eternal was just like, all right, so here's a question I, I genuinely want to know. So we're watching this now, and he's like, I could go back to the office, and in a couple of weeks I could have Patch all this. these bugs fixed. Would the speedrunning community want me to fix them so that there's more challenges for them to try to break, or do they want me to leave them in so that their speedruns stay relevant? Uh, huh? Wow, I, I don't know. I don't know, how what, to... I don't know what answer he yeah. got. Yeah, I will say That's this from my experience in watching lot to be in. GDQs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they very much fear patches yeah. because patches typically take out broken things. Yeah, and a lot that factors into routing and uh, breaking a game is the broken things. With with old physical, uh, like like with cartridges and and like or discs before they had to like press new ones for a different version, you'll frequently see it like HDQ and stuff. It'll be like version 1.1 right. or something of Mario right, exactly. 64. Yeah. So with distortion Two going to some pretty, you know, uh, extreme means to try and get in, uh, he was making his way up the top of a building uh, to the roof that lied directly beside and above the courtyard. So he had a good trajectory to jump off and land in, you know, right inside there. And like I said before, I can't overstate how floored I was by this. I, I w- in real time, was watching this guy through sheer willpower and with the help of this pretty useful glitch, he made it within jumping strike distance of the courtyard, and <laughs> he jumped. Now, I mean, it's entrancing with the mystery at the center. Right, like right. Because yeah. it's a simple concept. What's on the other side of the door? Exactly. Like, it's like if you're a kid, that's like right. intriguing. <laughs> so he jumped. Now, I know what you're thinking, all right? This guy just skirted the entire thrill of the hunt and just exploited his way past this beautifully crafted secret developed by Blue Point Games, right? Well, not exactly. Distortions 2's character landed... What's in Al Capone's vault? (laughs) Tell me. ...landed in thin air. That's right. Blue Point Games took every precaution necessary to protect their secret... From the unthinkable, the fuck? but the not unachievable <laughs> out of bounds attempt. Uh, these developers, it's an extra layer, fuck you, right? These developers encased the area in an invisible walled off box to ensure that players only had the ability to open the door the By way traditional that it was means. Intended. Yeah, man. Now, if that it, is some <laughs> like if it weren't foresight, for the, right? If it weren't for the foresight on Blue Point's part to expect something like this from the Souls community, I mean. These guys kind of had a reputation. Right. <laughs> sure. uh, that's exactly where our story would have ended. Damn, that's like the definition of knowing your audience. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this attempt was unsuccessful. So back to the drawing board, but this time they really had to figure it out. A little side note here. I can't remember if it was before or after his out of bounds attempt, 
It was a slurry of, and days started mixing together. <laughs> um, it's all a blur. But Blue Point's official. Try collecting 89 coins. <laughs> Blue Point's official Twitter account posted a picture from inside the courtyard area behind the door on an image. Oh, they're, they're in on it. Right. <laughs> and it was an image uh, on what looked like a postcard that said, Wish you were here in quotes. <laughs> And they tagged a bunch of streamers that were playing the game. Oh, boy. Uh, That's fucking great. Yeah, I love that shit. Like, yeah. hats off to these guys for live tweeting and taunting members of the community. <laughs> they had to have been watching, and I love that kind of engagement yeah, from developers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, as I stated, I'm not a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this game's mechanics, systems, but I'm going to try my best. Okay. So... In the game, there is a statue that you can go up to and you can enter what is called fractured mode, uh, which basically inverts the world horizontally and also takes into account another game mechanic, which that, is called world tendencies. Was that in the original? Yes. Oh. Huh. Uh, world tendencies are basically like good and bad karma. Is it like a second game underneath, like Symphony of the Night style? <laughs> Just Kind of. It's that. like, it's definitely in that mindset all right because it's not an inverted castle yeah but it's it's a horizontal flip but you wouldn't do that unless you've already played through like i mean i think you can access it in the base like in the just like from new game so um i know if it's just like extending the the tail onto like what there is to see and no they literally have a, a a way for you to flip the world and then add in like another aspect, which I think is really, really cool. Again, it yeah, just speaks yeah, yeah. to the level of development from because again, this was in the original game, so it's from soft. I'm pretty sure that where all this was was already implemented and everything like that. So, um, now world tendencies are like, like I said, good and bad karma. Uh, either can areas can either have pure white or pure black tendency with other variations in between. It's kind of like a scale, right? So it's I think it's neutral, and then it's, like, slightly black, and then kind of some more black, and then it's pure black, and then it's the reverse way for white. Hmm. Um, That's dense. There's a lot of options. Yeah, it's like a karma system for what you do in the world. Like, if you beat a boss, it's a... Oh, it'll go one way or another If you die or whatever, black. If you kill an invader, white. So... Hmm. You have, you have like the, visual representation of where you are in there. It shows under. I think in the game it shows under the archstone, kind of like uh, uh, it's like a color wheel. So it's like okay, it's if it's slightly more white and then a kind of a little bit more white and then it's like white. Does it determine like a ending or like change uh, stuff, anything narratively, or is it just more for? I don't know how much further it goes beyond how it applies to the story. To be completely yeah, honest, okay. Um, Again, it's... It might not at all. It might just be right. for, uh, like, just your own... Right, yeah. I mean, it has a purpose uh, outside of that, I think. I mean, it's cool. It's it. That means it's counting, like, it's cataloging all of your right. actions. Right, yeah, which I think is really cool. So it's, like, like I said, a karma system, which other games have, but it's kind of unique in this sense because, you know, how it ties into the game. Um, but since I'm not the most knowledgeable about the mechanics, if you are interested, you can read up about it on the game's wiki. It goes into an in-depth thing. But this is microtransactions. Like as long as War and Peace. Listen, yeah, <laughs> I don't have uh, enough time to go over how a Dark Souls or Demon Souls or any Souls game works, quote-unquote. Um, but all you need to I'm know... I'm sure you know much more than I ever could. 
Sure. Um, but all that you need to know is that when in these pure world tendencies in certain areas, an item can be found. A Reddit user posted a video of him finding an item crudely hidden under some breakable boxes in the environment in fractured mode with pure white tendency. The item they found was a ceramic coin. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> 78 more to go. <laughs> Can you fucking imagine if that yeah. was like... So, let me give you a little... Um, a coin made of ceramic is also just a... I'll, I'll, I'll give you it's the... A coaster. The, I'll give you the description. <laughs> you just drop it and... I'll give you the description, okay? Ceramic coin. A cheap coin of dried clay crushed to recover a tiny amount of HP. And then there's flavor text... That's what it says in the, the yes, menu? Yes, And you can just, like, use it? Yes. It's just a perishable, like, yes. little bit of health? Yeah, it, like, <laughs> a negligible amount of HP. <laughs> and then uh, underneath is flavor text. It says, extremely brittle and fragile. The glimmer has faded, much like the value. <laughs> so, with the discovery of this item... The Was point- there a middle finger carved onto it? <laughs> uh, n- not, not quite. Uh, it looked pretty crudely created. <laughs> But uh, yeah, MS Paint. It's just <laughs> <laughs> everything else is like 3D rendered. But with the discovery of the coin, coin theory is back on the table. I mean, yeah. huck it at the door. <laughs> <laughs> so players started scouring all over the game's areas while for more in, coins, right? <laughs> in both pure white and pure black tendencies, and they were successful. I don't know how much time passed, but ten were located in total. My God, it took this long to find the one. Like, right. the- <laughs> I think we're like three or four days in at this point. Five from each pure world tendency, pure okay. white, pure black. They said to do all the ones in between that are taken. <laughs> uh, these were hidden under breakable environmental items, tables, boxes, barrels, shelves, anything that you could roll your body into and destroy. <laughs> yeah, fat roll. Um, so, but players had 10 coins now. So what next? Well, there was... I mean, how do you know when you found them all? Right. (laughs) So there was an NPC that had an interesting interaction when you traded the item, or I can't remember if you just drop it, and that was the form of trading. Uh, But when you presented the item uh, to this NPC, the NPC's name was Sparkly the Crow. (laughs) Literally a gigantic crow that talked. I thought that character was also in Dark Souls. Maybe I'm flipping. Just because I've no, seen I think, a lot of... I, I don't know if Sparkly like, there's makes another a crow return, there. but it, it, like there the is crows. another gigantic bird that picks you up when you crawl up into an egg in the yeah, original yeah, Dark yeah, Souls. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And you know what? I just thought, what if you accidentally used it? I mean, I guess you'd just reload a save, but I was just yeah. like, if you go through the menu, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, so when presented with the item, she would say, quote, Sparkly, happy, happy, end quote. Uh, but then she would drop this yeah but then she would drop the item back on the ground for you to pick up now players had hit another seemingly dead end which led them to attempt to dupe the item oh yeah by the way at this point players discovered a duping glitch yep hey we'll get to 89 coins real fast now right right (laughs) and that wasn't patched out uh no i it may have been patched out later but but not at this time it was implemented in a different way there was uh, those gold it's coins. Like rare candy in Pokemon. Uh, I forget exactly how uh, it worked. I am stretching back a year in memory, and I don't have the best one. Um, but there was an exploit that players are using to make their luck 
become like a random <laughs> numerical number <laughs> that went up into like the millions. And then that factored in. Yeah, it was like the duping glitch paired with some item and then duping it and then spending them all. And then it made your luck go up like exponentially. <laughs> it was that again, they just reappropriated it here. They were like, we've already duped that one coin. Let's see what we can do with this one. But they don't even know how many they need or if they need right. more. So you're throwing shit at a fan and hoping something, yeah. you know. But the, the the crow's dialogue, that was triggered specifically by having. Right, with that item. Yeah. Right. So this, the way that the dupe worked was it would involve dropping or trading items with another player. You can't directly trade something in this game because of the way the multiplayer works because people are summoned oh. to your world. So then you would have to drop an item on the ground. You can't take anything if you uh, from someone if you kill them. So um, no, I, I think you get something from that. But in or this instance, yeah, and you invade as two different types of spirits. You either invade as a uh, like a bad spirit, or you invade as oh, like a, a cooperative spirit. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so basically, the way the dupe work was like you would drop an item or trade something, and then you would roll back your save again. Kind of combing over the finer details here because. <laughs> not really relevant but yeah these guys were relentless they were trying anything um but team blue point strikes again <laughs> dude they're two steps ahead when the ceramic guys. coin is dropped in the ground and picked up by another player it becomes a broken coin and is basically <laughs> rendered useless that's literally the joke i said like minutes ago is that it was, right. it was like a <laughs> so i don't know for everybody keeping score at home this is team blue point two <laughs> souls community zero Dude, you, you know that's like the members of their team are just like all keeping up with this. And yeah. Just being like, <laughs> They're like, suckers. You really thought that was going to work? Uh, all right. So now what? With players running out of ideas and new discoveries grinding to a halt, where do we go from here? Um, and at this point, I kind of want to credit uh, Vati Vidya. He's another guy I was following throughout this and actually became aware of through this whole process. Um. I watched his video and he had uh, an addition to this whole story that I don't remember mm. happening. Um, but someone finally found an 11th coin. A community member posted on Twitter a picture of his character that looked an awful lot like Shrek finding <laughs> a coin in a far off place in a vast swamp area. Could this be true? <laughs> We've scoured this entire world. You know what I mean? It, it's, at this point, it's basically... It's safe to say it's it's pretty... It's charted territory. Yeah. yeah. And these guys, I mean, like I said, you have, a, like, a huge gaming community. Not that many as I guess you would have because of PS5s not being available. But the people right. that had it That is a factor. They were, they were working on it. Uh, no, this was just a troll. I mean, come on. A Shrek character finding yeah, yeah, a coin yeah. in a swamp. Good joke, but right, this unfortunately was a distraction. And like I said, I have to credit uh, Vati video's video because that was a nice little interjection. I guess everybody was going crazy. So they thought, Hey, let's kind of spice it up a bit. I, I'd be shocked if we made it this far and there wasn't a ho like, you know, yeah. Again, somebody a real cast of characters, a real cast of characters, this dark souls community, a lot of <laughs> yeah. content creators love poking fun at each other, playing pranks. Oh, that's on cool. each yeah. Other. I was like, I'm sure they're all aware of like that. Exactly. Yeah. But somebody actually did find 11 coin this, this time it wasn't a joke. Uh, but this threw uh, a cre newly created theory that each world only had two coins into the trash. So players kept looking. 
another coin. Maybe there's an, another. There's a, there's a twelve, a thirteenth. Maybe it goes up to twenty. Who That's knows? what I was saying. Yeah, like maybe we weren't looking. When you know to enough. stop, right? Exactly. <laughs> While other players continued their search, we come back to my main man, Distortion Two. Now you see, Demon Souls, like the rest of the Souls series, has a new game plus mode. This allows players to play the game over again multiple times with their yeah, you know, pre-existing character. Exactly. While increasing the difficulty and monster health a little bit each time, he decided that he would go through New Game Plus and get 11 coins that we've already been able to find for each each playthrough. And then just, you know, I'll just stop it back in with Sparkly the Crow at the end and see if anything happens. Yeah, if he says anything different. Guess what? This method worked. Really? I mean, him saying happy is kind of being like, you're on the right path. Yeah, I mean, no other NPC had an interaction with the coin like this. Yeah, um, I'm sure they tried everybody. Again, the coin was found in such an obscure area. Like, you had to be in fractured mode. You had to be in pure white or pure black tendencies. That's the only place where these coins showed up. So they were finally on the ra- right track, and he just was like, screw it. I'll go get 11, check in, 22, check in, 33. So after completing... <laughs> then he's like, you've got too much. <laughs> <laughs> so after completing his third playthrough... Uh, he had 34 coins in hand, and he said, why not check in with Sparkly, see if anything happens. But this time, something different did happen. Uh-huh. After dropping 30 coins in front of Sparkly, and then I think reloading his save, uh, because it was like a timed thing, like you had to leave the area and come back. Um, I, I, re- I rewatched the video of him discovering yeah. this, and he just reloaded his save. So I think it has something to do with how Sparkly reacts to items or how they trade. I don't know. He did that. He dropped 30 coins, reloaded, and then he, there was an item laying on the ground. It was the rusted key. Description, uh-huh. a key covered in red rust. It breaks off in the door. And he was like. Just sprinted there. Yeah, he was like, like. I think he, his words were, we did it. Uh, he, did you see that live? I saw that live. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was, like I said, That's I awesome. had been tracking this oh, through Reddit. It's so like 3 a.m. one night or something. I was staying up yeah. pretty late. <laughs> this dude was streaming ungodly hours. He was putting in so much time, so much work, so much, so much effort. But the whole community was. Like, people wanted to figure this out. It was something new. It was something exciting. I mean, these games are already mysterious as is, but this one is... And it's hard to make uh, games mysterious in right. 2020. Like, it's... So, so he finally did it. Uh, he rushed back to the door. People solve shit fast. And opened it. And like I said before, I was live and in person. It was fucking awesome to be a part of this, like, community effort. Uh, I mean, again, granted that he just kept throwing shit at a wall <laughs> and just trying to see what's That's stuck, the only way. But, That's how... Like... But he did it. So, uh, finally, after about a week, it was over. Beyond the door was the courtyard with the corpse Ooh. laying on the bench. And all, the item? all that was left now was to loot the item on it. It was another coin. <laughs> and then it was like another. It, it, yeah, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. It's this There's endless. A smaller loop. door in the courtyard. <laughs> um, but so. What was the item? So he goes up to the item. He goes, you guys ready? He presses the, the correct button. And in, in, in attempting to do so, the game prompted him and claimed that the item was too uh, heavy. He- the to encumbrance got. Yes. <laughs> He had too much crap in his inventory, and he would have to free up some space in order to pick it up. Fucking video games, dude. <laughs> that's, that's... 
Yeah, this momentous occasion, <laughs> this cool community thing. That's the part that you leave out in the history books. Is right. the- <laughs> He's like, oh, shit, guys, I got to like empty some stuff. I don't even know how heavy this thing is. So it's his he, whole inventory. Again, I think he was on his eighth playthrough of the game. It was a neutron star in there. I, I think I remember him being in the pause menu and seeing like, you know, times or like new game. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, runs. It's like eight. And I'm like, God. damn, this dude was chugging on one <laughs> file. Um, and again, like I said before, the game gets harder each time, but he was an expert, you know, I knew yeah. he knew this what he was dude, doing, uh, dude, you know, took advantage of this game. He probably was familiar with the original too. So he's had like 10 yeah, years. I, to... I'm pretty sure he's speed run every single one okay. at some capacity. So, um, but the item was not just one item. It was actually four items and it was called the penetrators armor set based on one of the bosses <laughs> in the game simply called Penetrator. Get it? <laughs> penetrator. Door. <laughs> he penetrated the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's not where my mind no, was my, <laughs> when you said penetrator. I was like, <laughs> it feels like the dildo bat from Saints Row 3. Yeah. It's like the <laughs> that's, a, that's a real crossover. Uh, so really quick, the armor description reads, re- quote, reward for surpassing impossible odds, end quote. Cool. Does and, it, it just... It, does it make you just like invulnerable or something? No, it had some more, um, like the like more game related descriptors on it. Like I think you fare better against slashing attacks or something like that. What does so, it look like? Uh, like aesthetically, was it? So it looked like the the boss. It was actually the boss's oh, right. armor set just shrunk down to be like a little pipsqueak, you know, yeah. demon soul slayer that you are. <laughs> but it was a sick ass set. Um, and Man, imagine like that feeling of like you're the only person in the world that has this. Well, like the game until and, everybody else. Well, of course, well, he's up. broadcasting it for you right. know, to, yeah. It's collaborative, but I just more mean like in that moment. Yeah, like it's in the video too. I think his girlfriend this, yeah. walked in, walked in while he was like putting the armor set on. Yeah, and he's like, "I did it." She was like, "What?" <laughs> it's it pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he's, he's like covered in beer, and this dude <laughs> or covered in a beard. This and dude, just has like coffee cans of Monster Energy. This dude was racking up serious hours, and he was streaming all of it. You know what I mean? So this was a week later. Like this dude had to be absolutely exhausted amongst the yeah. other content creators, uh, Twitch streamers, his community bags members. Under his, ready yeah, everybody sleep. wanted to be the first one. Yeah. And I started with like watching this guy. This is archived, thing. right? For like, like you can yeah, watch it's on, it on it's on his Twitch, uh, in his vods. It's uh, posted on his YouTube. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So with that, check it out. And with that, I'm fairly certain that Distortion 2 was the first person to open the secret door in Demon Souls. Pretty Man. pretty cool stuff. I mean... Uh, I love that it's documented. Like, I, I wonder uh, if there's anything left to unearth in that, because that's... I was doing a bit of researching, just kind of getting reacquainted. Like I said, I had a... Adventure. I had, like, a, a not-so-detailed memory of the encounter and things like that. And there's a bunch of stuff, like I said, that I didn't quite go over through, uh, because it's just too far out there... And kind of not really, you know, plays to the story. You can imagine the theories that people were, you know, presenting, saying, like, links to the, like, Game of Thrones and stuff like that. (laughs) I remember some weird ones and things like that. But, uh, yeah, so after finishing and doing a bit of research for the script, I believe there are actually 13 possible coins that you can get in one playthrough throughout the world. But you're still intended to do this, like, multiple runs. So, yes. This means that you would need to complete the game entirely on New Game Plus mode. So you have to beat the game twice and get every coin once 
through one playthrough and then again through another playthrough. Yeah. Um, At least it's not eight, but <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, uh, still. I was definitely inspired to do so for myself. Uh, this was such an awesome adventure to follow along and watch. But then I remembered I would actually have to play through the game. <laughs> and You're like, I'm not going to do this. As I stated earlier, me and Souls games don't have the best relationship. <laughs> they exist. I avoid them, but love them from a distance. Yeah. Kind of like a creepy stalker. But uh, no, like I said, um, I, I absolutely love these games. It's just from a player perspective, it's it's a hump I can't get over difficulty-wise and things no, like I, that. I relate to that. Uh, I also noted when I was doing notes for the script uh, that I believe that 26 somehow ties into from software's first game in some way. And it does Um, from software's first game release from what I could come up with was 26 years ago in 2020. Mm. So it's like a little shout out to from soft, you know what I mean? 20 it's 13 coins twice, 26 coins in total to get the key from spark. Seems intentional. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, that can't be a coincidence. No. I mean, the like, thought and meaning behind this type of secret or Easter egg is really rem- remarkable on Bluepoint's end and some something that anyone that is a fan of video games should really appreciate. This was a good yeah. reward. You know what I mean? Something like this could only exist in the world of video games today. Online gaming communities getting together in the name of something mysterious and exciting. In my opinion, Bluepoint did this to show appreciation to the game, the ori- original developers from software, and to the communities that make these games what they are. And that's honestly a really cool thing to think about. It is. that That's how you do an Easter egg, you know? Yeah. Like it. It's like paying homage to not only the guys who, you know, thought of this crazy world and came up with these awesome art concepts and everything like that. But, like, this was a community gift. This was because of what the Souls community, again, love them or hate them. <laughs> you know, elitist, like I said, ravenous. Uh, this was, like, for them. Yeah. And I think that the players felt that um, really quick. I want to shout out the entire souls community that took um, participation in the event. Like I said, distortion Two. he, that was my main guy throughout the whole thing. Vati video. Like I said earlier, I watched a little recap vid of his that came out like a week after we had figured it out. Another streamer Lobos jr. He's another guy I watch. Uh, nice. And it was stuff like, you know, trying to figure out who's going to find it first, who's going to achieve everything first, and uh, Lance McDonald as well. Also, anybody else I'm forgetting, there's a lot of people involved. It's cool that we're, like, working together, too. Like, there's, like, I mean, there's probably some fun competitiveness in it, too, but it's also, like... I I think I, like, switched back between when when Distortion found out, like, he had the key and and everything was over. I switched over to a couple other streamers. Everyone, like, flocked to... Yeah, so people would go from, you know, Distortion's chat and then open another stream and start typing, he did it, he found it out, Distortion figured it out. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, like, really cool showing of, like, what a gaming community coming together for, like, something cool. Yeah, is. and something very particular, and like you said, crafted for, right. like, to be appreciated by a very small, very passionate, like, subset. Right, and that's my story. That's cool, yeah. <laughs> a little bit something uh, out of the ordinary for you guys, but yeah, I was really excited to get this together and we share should, this with people. We should do for, like, Easter next year more, like, try and collect some... Cool Easter oh, so eggs. now like you're it. religious. <laughs> <laughs> What Try was all it. that I hate God stuff about earlier? Yeah. Oh, it is on my shirt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trying to trying to spoil Jesus's day with your video. Wait, turn games. around, turn around. Oh yeah, oh. it says the devil rules XD. Oh yeah, 
and it gets us get wrecked under that. Nice. <laughs> but yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Yeah, um, happy to bring something to the table finally. Yeah, it's it's a it's a subject we never would have known about or tackled. So I yeah, think, listen, yeah, I love cracking jokes, but uh, cracking wise. Yeah, cracking wise, cracking jokes, but <laughs> this one was uh, I had in the in the think tank for a while because I I thought it would be a cool topic to cover. Yeah, something. I remember you t- telling something us we wouldn't when cover. So yeah. perfect. Shout out to Toyota. <laughs> Shout out to. Memes. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Blue Point, Blue Point Games, yeah. Toyota, and Trollface <laughs> exclusively. Yeah, forget all the other memes. Yeah, plugs. <laughs> there is a pee break between. <laughs> you don't have to tell them that. Right. Let them figure it out. Yeah. Where can you find out where the pee breaks were in this episode? <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by now, there's so many. Um, yeah. Thank I'll you for you. listening. Feels good to get back into the microtransactions. Yeah, I like these. Bit. We should do them more often. This is microtransactions five. Five. You can go on our website and listen to one through four, mm-hmm. as well as a bunch of other episodes. Yeah, all the Halloween stuff. So. Yep. Uh, Still feeling the spirit of we got we got our anniversary episode coming up next, yeah. So stay tuned for that. Go us, but yeah, you can check out more episodes, all the other microtransaction shit, and more on our website hotbuttoncast.com or on any podcast feed that you follow, Spotify, iTunes. I don't know what the other ones are. There's a lot of them. Um, you can also follow our social media: Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at hotbuttoncast. For updates on the future, um, sorry, Twitter, Instagram, and Meta at Hot Button Cast. <laughs> nice, yeah, you caught it uh, in yeah. real time. Ugh. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> Stupid. <man. laughs> Thanks for listening. Yep. yep.